Happy Easter and a wonderful Resurrection Sunday. William, thank you for saying that. Um, let's, let's get right into it this morning, okay? Let's begin uh, by reading the account from God's Word that, uh, that, that all this is based on, right? What, uh, what, we, what we're talking about today. I'm going to read from, uh, there's several accounts of, of the resurrection in the Gospels, and I'm going to use from the book of Luke, okay? So this is going to be Luke uh, chapter 23, starting with verse 50, and I'm going to read through uh, chapter 24, verse 8. Okay, it's not that many verses, just crosses two chapters. So it'll be on the screen. Uh, I'm reading from the NIV, and occasionally, you know, the words vary just a little, so if it's not perfectly, it's just the different, you know, timing of the translations, okay? But uh, starting Luke 23, starting at verse 50 uh, through chapter 24, verse 8, it says, now, there was a man named Joseph, a member of uh, the council, the ruling council, a good and upright man who had cons- not consented to the decision and action to crucify Jesus. Okay. Uh, so he came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he himself was awaiting the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, so this is after the crucifixion, going to Pilate, he asks for Jesus' body. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home to prepare the spices and perfumes for his burial. But they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's not here, he is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? He said the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Praise God for those words. Okay, so, you know, each year, this church and every other Christian church in the world is celebrating uh, this Easter, right? We're celebrating, but what... You know what we're really celebrating? And, and, and Greg said it when we had communion a few minutes ago. What we're really celebrating is not the crucifixion of Jesus. Because if it had all stopped there, I mean, I, I don't mean any disrespect, but there would have just been another dead guy on a cross. We, we wouldn't be meeting here. What we're celebrating is an empty tomb. That's why that's empty up there. We're celebrating an empty tomb the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So today we're no different. And, you know, during our praise and worship time, I think the first, uh, the first worship song we sang was uh, Christ the Lord is risen today. Okay, I mean, all we did was just proclaim the facts of, of, what's, of what's going on. Uh, so I always like to just go back and just let's just do a quick review of the facts just to make sure we all know the story. Okay, so I'm just going to give you the uh, really fast version of the facts. So, Jesus Christ is the only, the one and only Son of God. He came to earth. He was born of a virgin. He lived among the people of his generation. He told them 
this is where things got interesting. He told them that their traditional way of seeking God and receiving forgiveness of sins was past. And that a new way to have a relationship with God had begun. And it was through faith in him because he was the long-awaited for Messiah. Now, in fact, what Jesus was was he was the fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophecies that had been spoken about him over thousands of years. In fact, um, he was the Messiah. Now, once he, as he shared this stuff, many people believed. Some became followers and some even disciples of Jesus. But here's the problem. The establishment didn't accept him. They had the power. And so what happened is that they arrested and they ultimately crucified Jesus because he didn't fit what they were expecting or what they wanted. His followers placed him in a tomb. Roman soldiers placed a large boulder in front of the tomb, sealed it shut. The soldiers posted a guard to make sure that the grave remained undisturbed. But, and here's where it gets really great for us, three days later, three days later, the tomb was found empty. And Jesus, who was very much alive, appeared to his disciples and then many others as well. Now, we know that after some days and weeks, sometime later, in front of many witnesses, Jesus ascended into heaven. And now he sits at the right hand of God until his return to establish his earthly kingdom. Those are the facts. Question. Why did all this happen? And why do we make such a big deal of it? What do you think? Why do we make such a big deal of this? Why did this all have to happen? Anybody? Come on, be brave. You guys talk. It brought us salvation. Just a good life, wouldn't you? Yeah, okay, we, we needed, we needed the, the Savior. Yeah, what else? Any other thoughts? Why is this a big deal? There's been, in other religions over the history, right, there have been other big names. The head guy, they die, and they're still dead. They even make no claim about Jesus rose from the dead. He's alive. Those are all great reasons. Let me give you one other one, okay? Because there's one, the big deal to me, and why all this needed to happen, is a, so we reviewed the facts, okay? Because there's, there's one more fact. That's that you and I have a sin problem. That, that's why this is a big deal. Okay, you and I have a sin problem. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, sometimes they, they always used to joke. They would say, you know, you stopped preaching and you started meddling. Yeah. Okay, well, just for a second, I might meddle. Okay, because all I'm going to say is this, because you and I have a sin problem. And here's the, but here's another fact. Most of us don't like to hear that. Okay, we don't, we don't, you know, may not like it and you may not want to believe it or even acknowledge it. But here's the truth. Our opinions on this don't matter. Because the fact is, we have a sin problem. Romans 3.23 lays it out really, really clearly. It says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And all, when you translate it from the original, means all. Everybody. (laughs) 
I'm a, I'm a deep theologian here today, okay? All literally means all, which means there's no exceptions in the room. It's all of you and me. We all have a sin problem, which, which means we need a solution for that because that's, that, that sin problem is separating us from God, okay? No matter how hard you and I try, no matter how many good deeds we do, no matter how many nice things we do to people, no matter what other people think about us, it's just not going to be enough. It's not going to be a, did my good stuff outweigh my bad stuff? fact is we need a savior we need a messiah so there's some really good news for us today because there is an empty tomb and that empty tomb is great news for us because it means that jesus is the answer to our sin problem john 14 6 jesus said i am the way the truth and the life no one gets to the father except through me praise god for that so because of that promise the fact of an empty tomb means several things. One of them it means is Jesus is good for his word because everything he said, he delivered. His disciples didn't even fully understand who he was until the empty tomb. Jesus has provided a solution for our sin problem so we can have a relationship with God and eternity with him. And we do that because 1 John 1.9 promises us that if we will confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So here's the really good news today. Easter really did change everything. It really did change everything. An empty tomb means that every prophecy the Old Testament prophets made concerning the Messiah has been fulfilled in Jesus. The empty tomb means that Jesus was telling the truth about everything he said he was. And most of all, for you and me today, an empty tomb means that everything Everything can change for you and me. 2 Corinthians 5.17 confirms that if... I love this verse. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, you're a new creation. The old is gone. All is fresh and new. Folks, the empty tomb means we can have a fresh start in our lives. If you, what, what are some things that if people could have a fresh start, what are some things that might be able to change with a fresh start? What do you think? What are some things in people's lives that can change if they get a fresh start? New opportunities. Relationships can be fresh start. Boy, some of us would like some relationships to, right? Along the, if we go back in our lives, could use some fresh starts. What else? Reputation, fresh start. Yeah. Anybody else? Any other thoughts? Career path. I mean, just a a fresh start is a wonderful thing sometimes, isn't it? Well, since Easter did change everything, we can have that fresh start. And you know what's really neat about that? That means we don't have to settle for lives the way we're currently living them. Because that's what so many people do, right? They, they, they just feel like they're in a rut. They can't get out of it. And they're just settling. Just, well, I'll put up with this. But you don't have to. Because too many people are living lives that are smaller and lonelier and feeling victimized and confused when they don't need to be. Uh, you know people. There are people who feel like, man, I never catch a break. I'm never the one that catches a break. 
uh, I always feel like I'm missing out or I'm the one that always gets left behind. I, I got disappointing relationships. There's people with fizzling marriages and fractured families and unfulfilling jobs and, you know, just financial distress. There's all these areas. And, and folks, this is happening because the fact is we're under attack. We're under attack. We're under attack because John 14.30 tells us where the attack's coming from, and it's coming from the enemy. It's coming from Satan, and it tells us that the Satan is the prince of this world. Now, I realize that there are a lot of folks in life who want to believe that Satan is just some video game character or this red guy, you know, on, ha- you know, on Halloween. Well, again, let me give you another fact. That's not true. Satan is very real. He's very much alive, and he is even in Jesus said it. Satan is the prince of this world for now. John 10.10 gives us Satan's M.O. Satan's job, his job description is very clear. His job, it says that the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I've got to tell you something. On your own, that's exactly what he'll do to you. And we've seen it sometimes in our families. We've seen it with friends. We've seen it. That is what Satan does. He kills, steals, and destroys. The good news is that an empty tomb means that we, though, have not been left alone, and we are not powerless to deal with Satan. And as a result of not being powerless... I'm glad to tell you, man, that means we're not helpless, and that means we don't have to be hopeless. John 16, 33, Jesus confirms it. He, he, Jesus tells us, in this world, you're going to have some troubles. Amen to that? Anybody? Anybody? We could have a long testimony period right there, right? Just about, in this world, we're going to have some troubles. Okay, but you know what? Some of us are in troubles right now. Some of us have got some troubles going on right now. And if you haven't, you will, and you probably just got out of some if you're not. Okay? He says, in this world, you're going to have troubles, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Praise God. We serve a Lord and Savior, a risen Savior. The tomb is empty, which means he overcame the world. Because in the world, you don't rise from the dead. Right? So Jesus has overcome the world. What does that mean for you and me? Man, what that means is that because he's told us, we've been warned, we're going to have some troubles. Okay? The good news is that means that even in the middle of those life's, you know, the life's most challenging moments, means we can have hope. Isaiah 40, 31 tells us that when we hope in the Lord, we'll renew our strength. In the middle of those challenges, we can have peace. Philippians 4, 6 tells me not to. This is the one that's not NIV, okay? This is out of uh, uh, a modern translation. But Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs. Don't forget to thank him for his answers. And then it goes on to say, and the peace of God that transcends all understanding. 
is going to guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. You know what I love about that? In the middle of the toughest times, when the world would look at you and me and go, I don't even know what to tell you. Your life, I understand, it's a mess. I mean, what can I, I don't even know what to say. And yet you can be sitting there going, yeah, I understand. There's a lot going on right now, and I got, I, I, I've come through a lot. I've still got a lot more ahead of me. But yet you're living in peace. The, 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 the war is going on all around you, but yet somehow you're standing strong. And the world can't understand it except that you tell them it's Jesus. And there's a lot of us that, I mean, if we really took the time and we were all honest, because some of us, we know each other's stories a little bit, okay? What we'd say is, if I hadn't had that peace of God in my life, there's some times I've been through, I wouldn't be here today. I know that's true. I wouldn't be here today. I might not even be alive today. Okay? But, but man, the empty tomb, Easter changed everything because now I'm not helpless and hopeless to the attacks that I've been warned are coming. I have a risen Savior who's in the world today. I know that he's living, whatever men may say. I feel his hand of, I see his hand of mercy. I, 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 hear his, I, I feel his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. Right? That's the song. So we can have peace. We can have wisdom in the middle of that. Proverbs 1.7 tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. We can have strength. Nehemiah 8.10 reminds me that the joy of the Lord is my strength. So we can deal with those challenges and problems that we're going to have because Easter changed everything. The other thing is Easter changed everything because the empty tomb means we also don't have to just like helplessly resign ourselves to sickness and disease and cancer and worry and fear and dread. And all the other things. You know, so many times what you hear people say is, well, that stuff just happens. Well, it may happen, but it doesn't mean I just have to accept it. It means there's something I can do. Because Scripture tells us that Jesus was crucified. In fact, it's every, every time we celebrate communion and we, we take the bread. What do we talk about? We talk about what it says in Isaiah 53.5. It says he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. He was punished. uh, And that punishment brought us peace uh, that was on him. But it says, but by his wounds we were healed. We we take the bread and and we, we celebrate the fact that he was willing to take the stripes of punishment for us. But it tells us that by his wounds we're healed. And so, you know, some there are times that we need God's healing touch on our lives. Now, sometimes it's physical, but a lot of times it's mental and emotional as well. There have been a lot of times in my life and yours probably where, yeah, I thank you, Lord, you healed me. I mean, physically, my body is strong. A lot of you know my, I mean, I had a pretty heavy deal with cancer a number of years ago. Uh, I've already outlived my uh, prognosis. Okay? And I'm thankful for that. But God healed me. Now, I went to the doctor. I had good care. But I also know there's a, the reason they don't give you a lot of years is because they say, well, it's going to come back. Well, praise God, that's where God comes in. I can go, and they can take care of the moment, but it could come back. Well, no, not if God says no. If God says you're healed, and I'm claiming healing, okay? Normally, it would have been five. I'm about to ten. 
Okay, I'm just telling you, God can heal you, but there's other things in our lives where we may say, well, I'm doing okay right now. I've got a good physical. Okay, well, good. But you know what? Sometimes we need emotional healing because a lot of times we carry those things for years. And we can't move on in life because there's still stuff back here that's holding us down and dragging us back. And I'm so thankful that I serve a God who can heal me emotionally as well. Because I can go to him and I can cry and I can lay that stuff down at the foot of the cross. And I can say, Jesus, I can't carry this anymore. I can't, I can't have friends. I can't get along. I can't, I can't do my best work. I mean, whatever, however it's manifesting in, in your life, because it can do it. We, we have people with eating disorders. We have people, you know, there's just so many things. But we can lay those things down and say, Jesus, I don't even, I don't know how to pray. All I know is I can just say help. Here's the problem. Help. And you know, he just will. He just will. I'm glad Jesus doesn't say, well, until you figure out the exact diagnosis for your problem and tell me what to do, I'll just sit back and watch. I'm glad that he doesn't treat me that way. I'm glad I can just cry out and tell him where my needs are. And he just responds lovingly and carefully and tenderly. And, 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 and right then, and he meets me where I am and he heals me. So you know what? You can come to him. And you can ask him to not only heal your body, but to restore your mind, to renew your spirit, to work on that broken marriage, to that, those damage, those, relate, those family relationships that have been damaged for years that you'd say, that's impossible to fix. I'm glad I serve a God that doesn't, uh, impossible is not a word in his vocabulary. He can, he can do stuff that no one can do. He is the repairer of all things broken. But we have to give them to him. We have to give them down. We have to lay them down before him. So aren't you glad you're not powerless that even in the most difficult situations, you can go directly to God and ask him to intervene in your life in every area? So here's the deal. Easter really did change everything. So let's just talk as we get ready to close about how can... How can your life, we said that means your life can be changed. Well, so how could that be for you? Well, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've never really, you know, you may have grown up in church. You may have been around church. You may have looked at church, touched church. You may even know an awful lot of scripture. But if you've never had that moment when you said, Jesus, I invite you into my life. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. These promises are true for those who follow him. Then today could be your day. You could become a follower of Jesus. You know, you can. That's not about church membership, by the way. That's got nothing to do with church membership. Church membership is a people thing. Okay? Given your heart, Jesus doesn't care what denomination you belong to. I don't think. Jesus cares that you're a follower of his. And then just do whatever he tells you to do. All that other stuff sorts itself out. Okay? When we just get, so all I'm talking about today, I'm not talking about joining this church. I'm not talking about joining any church. I'm talking about inviting Jesus into your heart and saying, I'm tired of trying to run my own life by myself. I'm tired of carrying the load. I'm tired of all this stuff from my past. I'm still dragging along with me. It's weighing me down. I'm tired. I'd like to give it to you. Ask him to come into your life. If you do, you're going to experience a miracle. Because what you're going to feel is you're going to feel 
him lifting the weight of the sin off your life. He'll give you a new heart, a clean heart, a pure heart. You'll experience love like you've never known it and experienced it before. But you'll never know unless you, you take that step of faith. He can give you truly a fresh start. Second thing, if you're a follower already of Jesus, you may need healing. You may need restoration. You may need peace of mind or wisdom. Look, just because after we get saved, we still, it says in this world, we'll have troubles. And sometimes we need people just to join around us in prayer and say, you know what, I'm with you. Let's pray. Let's join together. It tells us in Scripture that where two or three are gathered together in prayer, it says, Jesus says, I'm with you. I, I don't understand this. And will none of us will until we get to heaven. You can pray all day by yourself, and it's good, and you should. And, and prayer is powerful. But there is something about praying with other people that is more powerful. I, if you don't agree, I respect your, you know, opinion to have a different opinion. I, I mean, I really, I, I don't mean that in a bad, okay, but I'm just telling you, in my experience, there's a thing that says you have, when two or three are gathered, there's power in that prayer. And so you may need people to pray with you today, help build you up. And I want to encourage you to do that. That can happen today. So no matter what you've believed up till now, today you could choose to believe the truth of God's word and you could allow Easter to change everything for you as well. So I just want to ask you to stand with me as we close. So everybody, let's just everybody bow your head, close your eyes. Nobody looking around, okay? This is a, a private moment for each of us, uh, just between you and God. So today, if you'd say, you know what, yeah, I, I, I want to become a follower of Jesus. I'm tired of trying to run my own life. I'm tired of trying to figure this out on my own. I, I need a Savior, but I need a powerful one, a living one. I need the power of an empty tomb in my life, the power that raised Jesus from the dead. I want to give my heart and life to Jesus. Ask him to forgive me of my sins, and I want to become a follower of his. If you would say, I've never done that, but today I'd just like to do that. Just slip your hand up. Nobody looking around. Just say, yep, that's me today. I want to make that decision. Amen. Amen. Okay. If you're a follower of Jesus, but you'd say, I, I need prayer. I, I would love to just have someone pray with me, just to encourage, to restore, for healing for restoration, but I would like that 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 power uh, of Jesus, just refresh and new, released in my life today. If that's you, raise your hand. Praise God. Let's just pray right now. Lord, today, God, we just uh, lift up everyone that's here, Father, that's raised their hands. Lord, I pray your blessing and power and strength on each one. Lord, I pray that you would renew them. Lord, I pray that today you would flood them with your peace, love, and joy. God, I pray that where they need wisdom, God, grant them wisdom. Where they need healing, Lord, touch their bodies. Lord, we speak healing over each person here, Lord, from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. We just say, be healed in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for relationships that are fractured and broken. Lord, I pray that where there are relationships, Lord, that right now uh, look impossible to men. God, I'm asking you to intervene even today. God, I pray that before today's over, hope would be restored for renewed 
and restored relationship. And Lord, I pray that today you would just refresh each one of us. God, I pray that you would wash us in your precious love and blood and cover us. Refresh us, God. Strengthen us. Lord, I pray that you would give us all that we need to walk and serve you daily with joy in our hearts because we serve a risen Savior. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen.